Welcome to The Nest. If you've never been here before, but I think you may have, but I do think I hear there was some new girls. The Nest is just a place for mamas, and we are here to nurture, encourage, strengthen, and train so that we can just raise those little buddies for the Lord. So I've got several announcements, so y'all just bear with me. Um, the first one is whatever slide comes behind me that Dawn picks. Yes, Nest at Night! Okay, what is Nest at Night? Basically, we do not meet during the summer, okay? So if you've never been here before, we do September through May. We take a break in the summertime, but we do Nest at Night, which are book studies um, with a group of people. And so we have five books, and I'm going to have those women come up here, and they're going to introduce their book. They're going to tell us where they're going to have their books read and stuff and discussed. And they're going to tell me um, the time. So um, we're going to start. I got five girls. I need Kelly, Jessica, Brittany, Morgan. And then I'm going to do the other one that I'm not doing it. I'm filling in for someone. Okay. So we're going to start with Kelly. So mine is called Taste for Truth. And I've got it right here. It's a 30-day weight loss Bible study. Um, It's just basically going to be a time to get together, be encouraged, dig into God's word and come Um, ready to share kind of what God's word says about food. So if you are anywhere on the spectrum of obsessed about food um, to an overeater like me and just overindulging and not having that that healthy balance, like everybody has a relationship with food. So we're just going to talk about how to have a healthy one um, and also how to use, um, and this is just another plug for the same author wrote um, an app and also a book called I Deserve a Donut. Um, So you can also download that to check it out and see if that's something that kind of speaks to you. Um, It's just all about renewing your mind um, and replacing lies you believe about your body or about food, replacing that with truth through some really great self-reflection questions. And it's transformed my life. That's why I wanted to do this and share what God's doing in my life. I've lost 38 pounds so far. Um, Thanks. And so, um, like, it's about you know, obviously starting with the mind, but it does transform all the areas of your life that um, are in bondage about that. Good morning. I'm Jessica Davis, and I'm leading the Nights in Training book. So for you boy moms especially, um, but the author does address girls too, if this is something that really speaks to your girl's personality. So um, we will be meeting on Monday nights starting June 11th, and we'll do four weeks and take off the week of uh, July 4th. And I think we're starting at 8 o'clock at my house. And I live near, um, like, Bethany and Jupiter in Allen. And it's, like, five minutes from the church. And Summer Collins is going to help me um, lead the study as well. And it is really an inspiring study. I'm teaching our boys chivalry and the code of chivalry, the age-old code. And that these men actually fought for the Lord. And they fought for faith. And there is rules of engagement when it comes to fighting and ways to fight with honor and to respect your weapon, respect your opponent. And we have, we're halfway through the book. My husband and I are both reading it and have started a lot of the the uh, suggestions and implementing them. And it's going great. And I feel like it's, um, I'm seeing a difference in their character. So hope you join us. That book was awesome. <laughs> I read that recently. Okay, uh, my friend Diana and I are doing Loving the Little Years. I don't know, you guys probably can't see this, but this little one has spaghetti smeared all over his face. So this author is a mom of five kids under five, so she totally gets it where we're at. Um, I just really like this book because it helps you fix your mental perspective. Um, it gets your mind right. It gets your heart right to be able to um, just reflect Christ to your little ones throughout the day. So it's all about changing mom's attitude and perspective, which I really love. We are meeting on Thursday nights uh, starting June 21st. We're in McKinney, 
and right like far north McKinney, 380, 75. So for all of you northern mamas, we're really close, and it's short. It should be an easy read, so we're excited. All right, my name is Morgan, and I'm going to be doing a study with Stephanie Atik, the beautiful redhead right there. So we're going to be doing it um, on Wednesday nights, skipping the week of July 4th. Two of them are going to be at Stephanie's house. Two are going to be at my house. Um, We are doing it, let's see, did I say Wednesday nights? Yes. Okay, the book we're doing is The Prodigal God, written by Tim Keller. Now, this book was a total life changer for me. I read it in 2010. I sat down and read it in one evening with my little buddy in in his little car seat. So you may be thinking to yourself, like, I know the story about the prodigal son. Yeah, yeah, I really don't want to do a study on it. What does it have to do with parenting? Everything. This story is, it was such a game changer for me because we historically have heard about the story about the prodigal son, and it's not. It's about two sons. And so you or I follow on either side of the spectrum. Either we're kind of more prodigal or we're more self-righteous older brother. And guess what? Our kids will too. So we've got to be prepared how to bring the gospel to them in a way that's fresh for both sides. And so I, I think of it as, we're all, we have to consider ourselves as babies when it comes to our understanding of the gospel and how to apply it to our life and to our kids. So if you want major life change, come to our study for the prodigal God. Thank you, Morgan. If you want passion, Morgan's going to bring it. Okay. <laughs> I can't help myself. Okay. Um, Ashley Linkford is also going to have one and it's um, Glimpses of Grace. Um <laughs> I put a note because I'm like, what's that book? Okay, it's about um, finding grace in the mundane, ordinary life, okay? And she is gonna be in the Lucas area. So you guys, you're like, how do I sign up for this? Where do I go? Go to this website, sign up. They're all there, all these descriptions, location, everything are there. So it should be, this is just kind of how we take the big thing we do and make it smaller and tangible. So would love for you girls to pour into that. Okay, so next um, announcement is, um, oh my goodness, if you serve with the nest in any way, I'm talking table leader, if you've brought food, if you have done front lines, if you've done AB, will you please just stand up? It's like all the moms in here. Stand up. Just stand up. We're going to give you a hand. That's right. Okay, so thank you so much. You can sit down now. Now, if you stood up, I would love for you to contact your team lead and let us know if you're going to do this again next year. That really helps me figure out t-shirts. And so, um, <laughs> so literally a lot of y'all have, but please don't forget to do that. We need to know kind of by the end of May. And so your team leads being Ashley, Elizabeth, Lauren Looney, um, contact those girls, respond to the email, let us know if you're going to be here. Um, if you're like, hey, I really want to serve with the nest, we have this awesome, long, complicated email. It's, it's just what it is, and we're not changing it. So I need y'all to know, <laughs> write it down. Um, we would love, we need more people in hospitality, so that'd be Ashley Lied back there. She does our food, and she does a fantastic job. And so we need more people there and we need more people in front lines. Front lines would be Lauren Looney is going to be doing that for us next year. Basically that's registration, getting all the stuff out, all that kind of fun, greeting. So if you are interested in any of that, email, there's a form you fill out and then we'll contact you. So that would be awesome. Um, Okay. What's up next? Throw a slide up there. Keep me on my toes. I bet it's the dad class. It is. Okay. Do not be mistaken with Dad U. Dad U is something that the Dallas campus has started. It is like the nest. They meet once a month, yada, yada, yada. There is also something called Dad Class that Dallas has done before, and it is not Dad U, okay? And we are doing the Dad Class here. 
Okay, so a couple of awesome dads here decided, hey, we want to bring that, um, I think it's eight weeks, whatever July 10th through August 14th is, and do that class here. That, that's probably six weeks. I don't know. Don't listen to me. Um, and it's going to be here at the Plano campus, and here's how your husband can register. So here's what I would love for y'all to do for us next week. We are going to be sending you out a MailChimp next week to all the mamas in the nest. The dads have requested that there's going to, we give you guys a survey. So there's going to be a link there. Click on that survey and fill it out because the dads want to know what we think they should know. Does that make sense? So basically they want us to, t- they want us to make their class for them. <laughs> and so I totally made that up. I don't know. That's not true, but <clears throat> they do want you to fill out a survey. So if you guys could do that next week, that would be awesome. And it would really just help guide them and how they can become dads that God wants them to be. Um, okay. So hands and feet, you got to love it. They're guys, if you pick this up, please turn this over. They're like tons. Dallas has some opportunities. Plano has opportunities for you to get involved with your kids and teach them how to start the summer. Perfect, perfect time because the pool sometimes gets old. So you might want to find some, there's just some great opportunities. Please don't miss this and please look to this to help your kids um, get into serving this summer. Um, Talk about that. Okay, Frisco. Where's my Frisco peeps? Oh yeah, you're out there. There's about three clouds, but I know you're out there. Okay, so um, newsflash, we have the Frisco campus kind of meeting in this room on Sunday evenings. And so as the Lord begins to just find out where that campus is gonna be and what that looks like, we are gonna host Frisco tables next year here at the Plano campus, okay? So if you go to Frisco, still come here for the nest next year is what I'm saying. Um, and this is kind of just what Dallas did for us. Okay, so we're just kind of doing the same thing and we're helping build that. So we'll have some really awesome cute signs that probably I'll have Nikki Milner do. Um, that's right, girl. Um, and it'll just say Frisco. And you can just kind of start and get to know some women that are gonna be over in your neighborhood and community um, and start inviting them to the nest. So, um, all right. I really think I'm tired of hearing myself talk. And I think that's enough of what I have to say. Um, Emily, I hope I didn't mess up any of your stuff up here. I probably did. I'm going to get all my stuff out of your way. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm so fired up about today because my good friend Emily Thomas, aka my favorite podcaster, um, because she's like the only podcaster I know, is... Um, but you still would be my favorite podcaster. Um, she's speaking today, guys. And so I'm so excited. She's speaking on um, our big topic overall from all the campuses is fun. I think what's really sweet about having um, Watermark expand in different locations is that we get to have different spins on all these different topics. And so Emily is going to talk about that for us today. And I'm going to go ahead and pray and bring her up here. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for just getting us here. Thank you for uh, the food. Thank you for um, just sitting (laughs) and resting. And I just pray that you fill us up. I pray that you give us just a plan for us to move into this summer um, and just energize our hearts um, and how to love and care for our kids in this season of summer. Um, I just lift up Emily. I pray you speak through her and um, just let her just be who she is. And just, I know we're going to laugh hard. And I thank you so much for that. It's in your son's name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Thank you. And that is so much pressure. Every time people say, hey, she's so funny. Ah! Anyway, expecting it. Don't mess this up. Okay. 
So welcome. My name is Emily, and I am going to talk to us today about creating our family culture. Um, I have some pictures of my family that I wanted to tell you a little bit about me. So this is my people. These are my people. My husband, Eric, my daughter, Lane, and my son, Porter. My kids are both adopted. They're not related, but they look just like they are. Isn't that crazy? They even have a dimple in the same spot of their faces. What? Anyway, um, so that's them. Funny story about this picture. In 1992, I wanted a glamour shot with everything in my being. Did you? I totally did. I wanted pearls and big hair, and I wanted to do this. Anyway, because of my podcast, uh, people, the glamour shots told me, would you mind coming in for a family portrait because we do that or whatever? Um, and, and so that's our glamour shots. I was so pumped to get a glamour shot. Um, but I didn't let him touch my hair because nobody knows how to do curly hair. So I'm like, listen, you can do my makeup, leave this alone. Anyway, that's, that's not the funny story. But the funny story about this picture is it got put on glamour shots like main page, like they're glamour shots and then this picture. And so I like became the face of glamour shots without even realizing. (laughs) Anyway, um, but even funnier is that this picture got stolen by somebody and I got, they, they made a GoFundMe account and I, my people from Instagram were saying, hey, I didn't know your, your husband, Mark, which his name's Eric, um, is a vet and you guys are falling on hard times and someone like slashed your tires and I saw about your GoFundMe account and I'm like, if he is leading a double life, I am so mad right now. But, um, but if he's leading a double life, it's not going that well. So maybe that's why. Anyway, so it's just a funny story that that, That picture was raising money for a vet named Mark. So anyway, so weird. The moral of that story is glamour shots are fun and people on the internet are liars sometimes. Okay, so that's my daughter. She loves, loves, loves horseback riding. And I'm now realizing how expensive it is. I keep trying to get her to be like, play the violin, but no. And then my my son, um, that's just a picture of him. He's so sentimental. He had to take a picture of those shoes before we got rid of them. Bless his heart. I know it. And then my daughter and I, we, we, my daughter and I do not naturally connect that well. I think that sometimes in attachment, there's attachment issues sometimes in adoption. And um, so we have connected hardcore over Harry Potter, of all things. Who even knew? I never knew. So anyway, that's, that's my people. So um, the way that I ended up up here was that Leslie Berry asked me to talk about having fun with my family. And I thought, that's so cool. That's so nice. I don't think I have fun with my family, though. I don't even know if I'm the person for this job. Um, but I didn't realize I was kind of being told, you're doing it. So, okay. So um, what, I, what I wanted to do, you did mess it up. I don't even know what my page is. Okay. No, 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 I have it. Okay, so it made me realize, it made me think about how do I have fun with my family. I don't know if you know the Enneagram, the personality test, but I'm a one, so everything has to be just right. It's the worst. It's very, very difficult. Um, and I, so I, when I think about fun with my family, I think if I'm not always having fun, then we don't have fun. Am I having the right kind of fun? Am I doing fun enough? Am I doing the highest quality of fun. Like I just, there's a lot of mental gymnastics that go on in here. So the idea of having fun, it doesn't just happen um, for me. And so, um, and so I realized that I would like to have fun with my family and maybe we do have fun, but what does that look like? So that kind of led me to 
culture, the idea of what kind of feel is happening in my home. And I, I could see very clearly what other people's cultures were. Like some people are really into sports. Like everybody in Texas likes football. I don't even know what this is about. I'm from Arizona. We don't, we are not that into football. No offense. Um, but so I could see, you know, other people have different things and their family has a culture, but I couldn't really tell what mine was. I think sometimes when we're so close to it, we can't really extrapolate what's actually going on in our home. And I think also we compare the outsides of other people to what's going on inside our walls and we're like, oh, this is not good. Um, but we don't realize everybody has those kind of struggles as well. So anyway, um, like any good researcher who's interested about culture, I went to Instagram and I went to my Instagram ladies um, at Mom Struggling Well community and I said, describe your family culture to me. And a lot of them said, most of them said, that is such a good question. I have no idea. Um, a couple of them said, this is our mission statement and these are our acronyms about our what da da And so some people really have it together and that's so good. Most people didn't. I was one of those people that didn't have any idea what my culture was. So I knew it wasn't just me because I got lots of responses like that. So then I did some real research um, and I found three things about culture. Number one, we all have one. Our family has a culture. Number two, oh, and that culture, it's gonna be by design or by default. You can be intentional about it or it can just happen, but you do have a culture. Um, and like we know, anything worth anything takes work, right? Um, the second thing is, we aren't going to fit into this life and this culture, the culture at large, because um, we're not home yet. And then the third thing is that we're in our, there's a battle going on for our family's culture. So those are the three things we're going to talk about this morning. And then Leslie's going to make me talk about having fun with our family, because I largely just didn't do what she asked me to do. <laughs> anyway, so at the top of this worksheet, because I love me some worksheets, you're going to write your last name. So we're going to kind of think about creating your family culture. All right, so let's talk about culture. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to say something, and it might be good news. It may not be good news. As a mom, your role is so important in creating the family culture. I'm not saying the dads isn't, but we as the moms, we really create the tone. That's why there's all those verses about it's better to live on the roof than with a nagging woman. It's, you know, a nagging woman is a constant dripping. We've really got a way about us <laughs> that can just ruin the situation. And so it can be good news if you tend to be happy. It can be challenging if you tend to be a little moody. And I don't personally appreciate that my mood affects other people in a way that makes me have to handle my mood, you know? And so... Um, but it's good if you tend to have a husband who's negative or if you tend to have, just, just realize that there's, you, have more, um, you have more control and more power for good than you realize, okay? Um, people say that the moms are the chief mood officers or the CMO of the home. Oh, that makes me so mad. Um, but it's because I have mood problems. <laughs> anyway, um, so anyway, that... I want to encourage you that even if you don't necessarily feel like you're synced up with your husband on this, which I hope that you are, but if you're not, you still have a really large um, ability to make lots of good things happen in your family's culture, okay? All right, so now let's get started. So culture, let's talk about it. A culture, the noun um, is that it's a feature of life shared by people in a particular place. And a verb is a crop developed through careful attention, 
Um, you know, think about a Petri dish or a cornfield. Um, Galatians 6, 9 says, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. Uh, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. A harvest, that's the whole theme. Um, and honestly, if, if this wasn't something that we were tempted to be giving up about, then Paul wouldn't have had to tell us, don't give up, keep doing good. So if you feel like giving up, you're doing it right. If you don't feel like giving up, you probably already gave up. Okay, so subculture, that's a group with beliefs and behaviors that are different enough from the main culture to warrant its own thing, right? So I wanna look at some subcultures. So we have some theater people. They're their whole own situation. (laughs) Hippies, gotta love a hippie. And some bikers. Let's play like they're all Texans. All of their driver's license look the same. They all lied about their weight. The hippies may not have driver's license. We're not sure. Um, but I, my, my parents are hippies, so I know they do things different. And so anyway, but they're all part of a subculture, even though they're all Texans. Does that make sense? So a subculture, it's a thing. So let's talk about, as Christians, we have a subculture, right? Um, and I want to talk about the Romans 12 too. It says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out. It is such a temptation to want to fit in. But God is telling us we need to be a subculture. It's a high calling and it's a holy, it's a holy calling to stand out, set, be set apart. Philippians 2, 14 through 18 says, do everything without grumbling or arguing And I just want to go, oh, everything. But then I realize, oh, I'm grumbling. Whoops. Okay. So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God, without fault in a warped and crooked generation. I think we can all agree we are living in a warped and crooked generation. So if we do everything without grumbling or arguing, then we will shine among them like stars in the sky. How do we do that? By holding firmly to the word of life. John tells us that Jesus is the word. We also know the Bible is the word, so you need to hold on to to what God has given us um, in his son and in the Bible. And then I'll be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. This is Paul talking to the Philippian church. But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and I rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Now, Paul wasn't a mom. But I'm telling you, poured out like a drink offering. That is mom talk. We are poured out like stinking drink offerings all day long. It is a hard and holy work. And so um, the way, though, that we shine like stars and the way that we teach our kids to shine like stars is to do things without grumbling, complaining, by holding fast to the word of life. So that's how we shine like stars. So that, that does not sound like fitting in with our culture, even though... That's the temptation. We need, we're not going to fit in, okay? Again, we're a little out of order here. Hang on one second. Okay, so let's talk about Hebrews 13, 14 through 16. This is such a rich motherhood verse. I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, I find a verse and go, oh, this is the mom verse. And then I find another, I'm like, oh, that's the mom verse. This one is my current mom verse. For here, we don't have an enduring city. I don't know if you know Sandra McCracken, but she has a, she has a song called Abiding City, and it's about this, so I love her. 
Um, we don't have an enduring city, but we're looking for the city that is to come. So the idea that we are, this is in our home. I actually, I love a tattoo. I wish I could have a whole sleeve. I'm gonna be honest with you. I want lots of piercings and sleeves. It doesn't make sense and I'm not gonna do it. Don't worry, but I love it. I don't know why. And so I told my husband, like, I want a tent, like to remember that I'm not, he's like, like a circus tent? Like he didn't understand. I'm like, no, like a tent, like a camping tent. I don't like to camp, by the way, but I wanted a tent to remind myself that we don't, and he's like, what if you get like a tent necklace? You weirdo. Anyway, and so (laughs) um, we don't have an abiding city. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. It's a sacrifice to praise God, yeah? It's not easy peasy, praise laying all around. It's just easy to get to and easy to, to do. It's a sacrifice. The fruit of lips that openly profess his name. That's the sacrifice of praise. Don't forget to do good and to share with others. For such sacrifice, which such sacrifices God is pleased. This is a motherhood verse to me because to praise God in the middle of really hard mom days is a sacrifice. Um, not forgetting to do good and to share with others. I just think we share everything. We share our energy. We share our time all of our time, in the middle of the night time. Uh, we share our money with them and our food with them. My kids are adopted, but y'all, y'all people shared your bodies with them. That still creeps me out. Whoa, it's so weird. Um, so we are to, to remember that that is also a sacrifice, sharing with them, all the sharing. Um, and that, that with those sacrifices, God is pleased. I think as I talk to moms on my show and on Instagram and stuff, and to tell a mom that God is pleased with them, the amount of women that just like burst into tears because they're walking around thinking, I don't think I'm doing this right. This is too hard. Um, but I know it's a really big deal, but I also am I'm desperately afraid that God's not happy with what I've done or, or things like that. So um, I just wanted to remind you, I didn't put it up here, but Isaiah forty eleven says, Jesus tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. That is God's heart towards you. His eyes towards you are kind, and he is pumped about how you're doing as a mom, okay? Um, We may not gently lead our young, but he gently leads us (laughs) as we have young, so that's good. (laughs) Oh, man, okay. So the fact that we don't live, we're not at home, we're not gonna fit in here, we're a different subculture, that really sunk in when I lived in China. My husband and I were missionaries for three years in China, and I am slightly taller than normal here. There, I was like a giant. And if I wanted to, if I needed like new clothes, I would have to go shopping in the men's section. And that's not fun. So I would find the most gender neutral thing, because like my, my shoulders were so broad. Like, so broad. And so my feet, I wear a size 10. That's big here. So there, it was like, not even, like, we don't even need to look in the back. There's no way that we have shoes that are big enough for you, okay? So when I, um, my students, and bless them, they, they didn't have any money. They were so, so poor, but they wanted to honor their teachers. And so they said, Miss Thomas, we went to a place we found in this back alley. <laughs> Great, I like how this is starting. This back alley, this place that sells huge pants. 
and huge, and they, they use hmm, huge shoes. And I was like, that's great. So I was like, well, let's, you know, to build a relationship, let's go find these huge tent size pants that you speak of. And so they chose to take it upon themselves to buy them for me when I was not there. And I know they don't have any money, and I sure wish they wouldn't have done that. So they bought the huge pants. They were white corduroy with cargo pockets, like bell bottoms, and camouflage bows on either side. Whoa! So anyway, they bring them over. They're so proud of themselves. They were so tight. I could hardly put them on. So imagine butt-tight corduroy. It's so bad. White. I don't wear white pants. I'm not a white pants person. Anyway, but to honor them and to earn crowns in heaven, I wore them to teach. You know, you're like turning around and things are like, but it was real tight in there. So they weren't moving that much. Anyway, it was a disaster. So I didn't fit in. In fact, they called us, they would say uh, when they saw us, Lao Wai, Lao Wai. And they'd say Lao Wai Lila, which means foreigner coming. Lao Wai literally means old outsider. You're old. You don't fit in. Every time I went outside, I finally got a shirt that said Lao Wai Lila because might as well join them. I can't beat them. And then Lao Wai Zola, foreigner going. So anyway, we, they were very, you know, and they weren't being rude. They were just being them and them is to call people old outsider. It's fine. So just the idea that I wanted to share that because it was easy for me to know I didn't fit in there. I want to fit in here. There's this, just a real pull. So when you feel that, just know that's normal to feel that pull. But we, we are called to be set apart. Okay, so don't be surprised when you don't fit in. We're not supposed to fit in. Okay, moving on. Now I want to make this personal. Let's get real. Um, what you have here is a feelings wheel. Um, I first found out about feelings wheel when I went through Shelter. It's a sexual abuse recovery program here. It is just about as fun as it sounds. It was, it was not fun, but it was helpful. God used it. Um, anyway, so at first I thought we had to open every meeting with a feelings wheel. And at first I did not understand why, because aren't women supposed to like, don't we like know about our feelings? But really, no, not always. Not, we really don't always know. And so um, if you look at the center, you see sad, mad, scared, joyful, powerful, peaceful. But then as you go um, further out, it's got some just more like a deeper words, more specific, nuanced words about those six main words. Okay, and so we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about our childhood. We're going to talk a little bit about our future. Like, what do we hope our kids currently feel? And so some of us can be over here, and we mainly grew up in a joyful, powerful, peaceful place. Our parents did a great job, and that's so good. Um, I think that the temptation would be to kind of possibly coast and think that just happened, but it didn't just happen. So I would just, for the people who feel like that's mainly where they're at when they think about their childhood, um, I would just encourage you to like be an example to the rest of the people who didn't see that. Because if you didn't grow up in that, you don't have any idea how to even do this whole mom thing or what does the family dynamics look like, right? I think most of us are gonna be somewhere in the middle where we've got some good, some bad, because we live in a fallen world and things happen to us that shouldn't have happened to us, yeah? Um, but then there's some of us who mainly find ourselves in the mad, sad, scared side when they think of being a little kiddo. And, um, and we're gonna talk about this, but we have a God who restores. So there is hope 
So don't be discouraged. But I just want you to take a couple minutes and pick like three things or so from past experiences. Think about when you were going to bed at night as a little kiddo, what did you feel? Put a couple feelings. And then I want you to think about when your little kiddos go to bed at the end of a long day, what do you hope that they feel? Okay, so take a couple minutes, find some feelings, and write in those boxes, please. So as I was praying through this talk, um, and I, there were some things that happened in my childhood that that shouldn't have happened, and I'm currently working to heal from those things. And so I understand the feeling like what happened before, I don't know how to bridge the life that I grew up in and the life that I would like to have for my kids. And so I just want to talk to those of you who feel like I have no idea how to do this well and have a lot of fear about that. Um, The thought that kept coming was just the Romans road, you know, with the cross and there's the man and he has sin and the God is perfect and there's no way to bridge it. Um, We have a God who bridges that. So I want you to draw like a cross there between those two because we have a God who restores and there's always, always, always hope, okay? And some of you are like, everything's fine. My childhood was great. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) This is for the people who do not have that as an experience. All right, so now let's talk about a couple of restoration verses. I have two. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God. That, I mean, you could just end there. We have peace with God. That's a big deal. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith, not access by performance, which is what I would feel more comfortable with, but it's access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Oh, I don't love that. Some of us have sufferings in our childhood. Some of us have sufferings in our marriage. We have sufferings this very morning. Some serious, serious hurts and sufferings. We can glory in our sufferings because we know the suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Guys, this hope does not put us to shame. God's love's been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. So suffering ultimately leads to hope. So if you are feeling like there's some suffering that you just can't get past, God is going to do something with it. I promise you. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this. This is Paul talking. Wouldn't we look at Paul and go, I don't know, I think you kind of obtained all this. But he has, he's a work in progress, okay? So if Paul's a work in progress, you are, have permission to be a work in progress, okay? Not that I've obtained of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, straining toward what's ahead, I press on towards a goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Um, lots of action words here. He's pressing and straining and forgetting and all that kind of stuff. I just, um, taking hold of things. We grow under tension. That's how we grow. Um, my friend convinced me to join Camp Gladiator. I've been working out in parking lots all, all week. Going up those two stairs was an act of God. I am my, my body hurts right now, okay? But I'm getting stronger, right? Because there's tension and there's, and there's action words. And so that's how we build muscle. It's not fun, but it is important. And so that's, that's what Paul is encouraging us to do. Um, and I just wanna, again, when he says, for one thing I do, forgetting what's behind. 
I think some of us get caught up and go, if I forget what happened to me, then that means it was okay. That was, that's not okay. It's not okay. However, I think more, and obviously it's not even realistic. Like you can't just say, oh, I'm sorry that happened. I had no recollection of it. That's not what he means. Let me illustrate a point of how I can remember it. It's just not staring at it, right? Staring at the Lord, pressing on to what's ahead, which is turning our eyes to God, forgetting what's behind, like not staring at it. When we, again, lived in China, I look different than the Chinese. We've already, talk, we've already covered that. But, but they would see me, because we always lived in places where there was not a lot of foreigners. So seeing me, I got asked all the time, can I take a picture with you? Are you a movie star? All these type of things. They weren't sure. They just wanted to know. Um, and sometimes I said, yes. No, just kidding. I didn't. Anyway, but when they would ride bikes, and they're fantastic at riding bikes. They're so used to being around so many people. They, in an intersection, nobody had to stop. They, I, it was the darndest thing. They would all just go and manage to miss each other. It was seamless. Throw in a foreigner, it all comes to a crashing halt because they saw me and so then they stared at me and so then they drove towards me and then they hit me. We were hit by bikes all the time and it's not that they're not fantastic cyclists. They are, but they were staring at me. So when it says forgetting what lies behind, just stop focusing on that. Stop lifting that up as the main thing. It's a thing and it shouldn't happen, but we can, we need to, what we stare at, we're going to follow. What you look for, you're going to find. And so, so let's not keep running into the things with our bikes that (laughs) we're looking. Let's look at the right things. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, oh, lions and locusts. It's a hard gear shift. I get it. We're doing it. It, it just stick with me. It makes sense. Okay, so let's talk about 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9. This, I love this verse. It's kind of like if you were to get in a car accident or like somebody has to go to the hospital and you call, you know, your first person you call, maybe your husband, and you say, I'm okay, that we've had an accident. But you start off by like letting them know, we're going to be fine. But there's some serious stuff I got to tell you. So this, um, this says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he'll lift you, up, lift you up in due time. Cast your anxiety on him. He cares for you. That's the, I'm fine. But there's been an accident. <laughs> Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Now, I know that's not a lion. I know it's a tiger. I know the difference. <laughs> but... I actually took this picture. I've never taken a good picture of a lion. So we're going with tiger. I was actually standing over these like 20 tigers. Yeah, I say I know the difference. I don't know the difference. Anyway, and um, it was like this rickety metal thing. I think the guy welded it himself, which is not, you know, give us confidence. Um, And on top of it was a a plywood, plyboard, whatever, um, feeding time. And so they were all eating like these hunks of meat and this guy looked right up at me and I was like, it just like sent chills throughout me. And so when I think about this, that we, we have an enemy and he is after us, he's looking at us like we're in his sights. It would be so neat if that wasn't true. I wish that I didn't have to say that it was, but it was. And it's not to make you afraid because ultimately we win, but that does not mean that we're not currently being hunted. Yeah? And not just us, because we can go, I got this. He wants our kids. That ought to really do something to your mama bear self. He wants our families, and he wants our family culture. 
Okay, so, so it's like everything's gonna be fine. God cares for us, but, but be alert. Be sober-minded. Be actually like in this game because it is serious. It's a battle, okay? The last part that throughout the world, other people are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Motherhood is lonely. I don't know if you've noticed that, but sometimes on a Tuesday afternoon, you're like, what is my life? You know, there's so many goldfish smashed in my carpet. Um, so I just, I think that one of the ways that the enemy discourages us is making us feel like we're alone, right? And you're not alone. Not to mention, real talk, we got it so good here. There are people suffering all over the world in ways we can't even understand. That's not to minimize the fact that it is hard being a mom. This is a hard job. It's great and it's a blessing, but it's hard. And so I think that we need to remember when we're feeling isolated and like we're alone, that's exactly where he wants us. So that's why maybe Watermark is big on community groups. Perhaps that's why, because we need to not be isolated. Okay, so I just encourage you when you're feeling alone to remember you're not alone in these sufferings. And I'm not trying to be negative about motherhood, but I just know that sometimes it feels like a suffering. It's a form of death. And I'm, again, I'm not trying to be funny. It, it really is. Maybe, maybe the rest of you just love it 100% of the time. I have a different percentage. <laughs> I love my children, but it, it's hard sometimes. Okay, so then let's talk about this. Joel 2.25. I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. These are some locusts. And we go, oh, yeah, that's so good. He'll restore to us the years. We don't know about locusts, or we would be like, what? He could restore that? Let me tell you about locusts. I did a little research. This is Locust 101. Welcome to the class. Um, one swarm can be 460 square miles in size. I Google mapped that. That is from here, and we drive seven hours to Mississippi, the middle of it. That's the first one side of the square, and then up, and then over, and then out. That is seven hours drive is one, one, that's a lot, it's a, it's a whole big swarm. Um, half a square mile, so just a little bit of that, can have 80 million locusts in it. So, so it's a lot of locusts, and they're not like cute little mosquitoes, not that mosquitoes are cute, but these are like honking things. Okay, so imagine if you didn't get money and income um, from your bank account, from the employer putting it in, but you got it from your crops. And imagine... All these locusts were coming. They could come and destroy a crop in, in a minute. That's your livelihood. That's your food. It's over in a minute. In 2014, in Madagascar, there was 13 million people that were at risk of losing everything because they knew that locusts were coming. So it's like a real thing. We do think that mosquitoes are like, oh, they're ruining summer. We have no idea. <laughs> we have no idea what ruining summer <laughs> really is like. So when God says he can restore the years, he's not messing around, you know? And when he fixes stuff, it's not like a Band-Aid. It's not like a patch that isn't gonna hold. It's like fixed. It's like perfect. It's like better than it was. So that's the God that we serve. So we do have an enemy. He does have us in his crosshairs, but we have a God who is abundantly able to sort all that out, okay? All right, so let's recap. Number one, we all have a family culture. And a rich, godly family culture takes work, all right? Um, it can be by design or by default. Hopefully, we'll be designing it. Number two, we aren't gonna fit in. We're not supposed to fit in. This isn't where we're 
This is in our home. Feel free to get that tent tattoo. I won't even be upset. Okay. Um, and number three, a fierce battle is raging for our family's culture. So we need to be um, alert and sober-minded, all right? So now we're gonna talk about, um, you guys are gonna talk about the discussion questions and we're gonna come up and talk about some other things. So what feelings did you experience in your home growing up that you hope your kids will too? And then number two, which ones do you hope your kids won't experience? And then three, which of those three let's recap bullet points are you the most likely to forget as you go about your day? And then what area of your life are you tempted to believe is too broken for God to restore? So we'll talk about those at your tables for a couple minutes. Okay, ladies, shut it down. Just kidding. Okay, so there'll be more time to talk, but let's turn the paper over and we're talking about the different parts of culture, okay? So in my research, I kind of wondered what makes up culture? What is that thing? What's it even about? I like to dissect things to know what's going on. Um, can we go, guys, to the, one, the next slide, please? Oh, thank you. So we have values, norms, and rituals, all right? So your values are your spoken rules. These are principles, morals, standards that you say out loud. This is really what you hope will happen. This is what you paint on a pallet board sign and put above your doorway. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, okay? So then we have norms. These are our unspoken rules. These are our routines. How do we resolve conflict? Who does chores? This is what actually happens. Those are our norms. And then rituals, these are family activities. Traditions, holidays, how do you do Christmas, what happens on birthdays. Rites of passage, and rites of passage, it does not mean send your young man into the forest to live for a week, and he will come back as a man. We make it into a way bigger deal than it needs to be. Um, but, but I think our culture lacks those, and so um, you can build them in. Have, be, be free to build some of those in. They can be really big, or they can be silly. It doesn't matter. I want to show you one of mine. Um, I have a picture here. My daughter, when she came to live with us, she was two, and uh, I am a pumpkin spice latte girl. I don't ever get those kind of drinks, any other kind. I'm a black coffee, except in the fall, than the pumpkin spice latte. And so I go on the first day that it's available, I am that girl, and, um, and my daughter, in the back, I'm like, you might as well be excited too. So she put down Nemo, she was playing with Nemo, she put down Nemo, and she, I'm like, be excited. Okay, so we do this every year. We've done it every year for almost a decade now. And so we do it. We have our next one. This was just, just this year. And so it's, that's a tradition that we have. And she likes to pretend like, oh, again, the what? She loves it. She loves it. <laughs> she loves it now because she gets her own drink. And so that's just something that we do. It's so simple. It costs more now, but it does it cost a couple bucks, right? So um, that's an example of a ritual that could be really silly, but fine. All right, so then I wanted to, 
have a look at this love of end diagram. So I wanted to look about, well, what if I just have two and I don't have the third one? I felt like, you know, getting sassy with it. What if I take one out? Do I still have a culture? Then what happens? So if you can see with A, uh, where, where the little A gray spot is, when I have values and norms, but I take out the rituals, your family just has like a less of a sense of community. It's less of like a team spirit. Does that make sense? You'll still have a culture, but it won't be like the Thomas team kind of a feel. Um, so something that we do to kind of have these rituals, again, super silly, and I'm sure you already have these, but these are just some ideas in case you think I'm a genius and I've come up with something amazing. Um, family movie night every Friday. Red Baron pizza. Everybody has their favorites. We fight about which movie. That's one of the rituals I wish wasn't part of it, but it is the fighting about the movie. Um, we do milestone birthdays, or that's our plan, is like 10 years old, 13, 16, 18. I have a girl and a boy, so I'll take the girl, and my husband will take the boy on a trip. So my daughter's turning 10. Next month, we're going to Lost Pines Hyatt Resort. We are not resort people, so I'm pumped. But we're going to ride horses, and we're going to do archery because she's interested in those things, um, and I'm interested in a resort. So we are going there. <laughs> so those type of things... Um, Family day, my kids are adopted, and so they came to live with us on almost the same day, two years apart. And so we just have family day where we do something fun, fun for the kids, relatively fun for us, and um, like the zoo or zip lining or something. We went zip lining. The website said you have to be six. So I booked us tickets, big plan. We drove all the way down to Dallas, and they said, oh, your son's too short. I'm like, but the website says six years old and it's our family day. And, and um, anyway, they're like, oh, but like on a different page, like way in the back and you have to know about it and there's a secret code. It says you have to be this certain height. I'm like, eh. So anyway, this year we went to the aquarium like at the last second because we couldn't supply. It was so sad. They're like, well, maybe he can just stay with us. I'm like, it's family day. <laughs> so anyway, things don't always go according to plan. But, and then at the end of family day, it's so simple, but it's fun. Think about this from a kid's perspective. Anywhere you want to eat, we go get takeout from that place. So we all get whatever we want. And I mainly did that because I want sushi on family day. And so um, we all, we go to four different places and get takeout and come home and eat it all together. Because how fun, you don't have to compromise at all at that part. I love it. So um, that is something that we do on family day. We started Taco Tuesday in our neighborhood. It's very fun, very simple, just a way to meet our neighbors and get to know the kids in our, our uh, neighborhood school. Um, Fourth of July Bake Off, our family has, or our neighborhood has a 4th of July bake-off every year, so that's something that the kids are, like, super pumped about. They each pick a thing. Basically, I bake it. They say they're going to help, and then they wander off. And so, basically, I bake two things, and then I enter them in a contest, and they win, like, $5 or something. Um, we have a progressive dinner on New Year's Eve around places in the neighborhood. It's also my birthday, so I kind of... That's kind of why we do it. I get, like, a six-hour birthday party, and it's fun. <laughs> So that's, those are just some examples of rituals, very simple, but the kids remember. And if you have kids in, that are old enough to talk, you know, they remember, they remember. One time I got my daughter orange Tic Tacs on her birthday. And then she's like, oh, but where's my orange Tic Tacs for my birthday? I'm like, that is not a birthday thing. Do you realize that that's just one thing that happened one time? So we still always do orange Tic Tacs on her birthday. Okay, so for B, if we take out the norms, but we have values and rituals, this kind of breaks down because, I mean, we all have norms. 
But what I mean by this is if the norms don't line up with the values, if they don't line up with the pallet board sign that we got off of Etsy, it's really confusing for our kids, all right? And that kind of confuses the culture. If you think of actions speak louder than words, our norms speak louder than our values. So they really need to line up. Um, once your kids can talk, they'll tell you when they don't line up. So that's good. That's real good. The other day, my, my son said, so mom, when you say we're supposed to follow the rules, why do we go to the dollar store and get candy and sneak it in to the movie theaters? I'm like, because, son, extortion. They are charging us $17 for what I can. I'm being a good steward of my money. Just kidding. No, but that was like, oh, yes. So now I don't do that anymore. But so that was me having my, my norms were not lining up with the values. Um, and so think about that because they're watching, but don't, don't like obsess about it. Like we're all gonna mess up and then you can talk about grace and forgiveness and all that. But if they bring up like, um, I thought we weren't supposed to lie, but this thing happened and I heard you say this thing, then go, you know what? You're so right. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and ask your forgiveness and fix it. So anyway, it's important that our, our norms line up with our values. And then C, if we don't have values, but we have norms and rituals, we are going to have a culture, y'all, but it's not going to be a legacy. It's not going to be a biblical worldview, and it's not going to be part of the subculture that we want to be in as Christ followers. It's just going to be, we're just going to fit in with the world. And we know before from what we learned in God's word, that's not what we're called to do. Okay. So this is the only kind of math problem I like. Values plus norms plus rituals equals a rich family culture. If you see on the bottom of your (laughs) worksheet, I can only do math problems that don't have numbers. Okay, so let's move on um, to some practical ideas. I will tell you, I straight up stole this from Kyle Kegler and Ginger Lord. So, (laughs) but it's so good. Um, When they... They brought us in here at a, one of those Friday night live things. I don't know what they're called, but where they watermark kids live. They brought all the kids in, all the parents. Then they took the kids away, and then they had just us. And they said, do you know what your kids are going to do right now? They're going to go and write down for us, what does your mealtime look like? What does bedtime look like in your house? What does it look like when you're driving in the car? We're all like, are you kidding me right now? We didn't have any time to prep for this. And so they they said, and it's okay because if they can't write, we've provided places for them to draw pictures. I'm like, no. Kyle Kegler, they were having so much fun with the fact that we were like, our eyes were as big as saucers. Um, And so then they proceeded to break it down like this in a way that was really helpful for me. So I wanted you to have it as well. So let's look at Deuteronomy 6, five through seven. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul and all your might. These commandments are to be on your hearts. Impress them to your children, on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. So this is going to be um, mealtime. When you walk along the road, drive time. Did you know they didn't have cars in Bible times? (laughs) I just learned that. Just kidding. Um, When you lie down, bedtime. And when you get up, morning time. I like that because it gives me like chunks so it's not so overwhelming. Like the whole day, all the time, it just feels overwhelming. So I like the chunks, okay? So now we're gonna break it up into charts of like the different hats that you wear, okay? So let's think about mealtime. That is when you kind of put on the teacher hat. So here's some 
ideas. There's a million of them, and you're going to have some time to talk about these with with your tables later. Um, but as we go into summer, sometimes it feels overwhelming. I was telling some friends earlier, I start planning summer on March 1st because that's when I start going, no, 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 there's so much time to fill. And so um, sometimes it's really helpful to have a plan. So think of this as your possible plan, okay? So here's one for mealtime. You can play the thank you game where you can go around the table and try to out grateful each other. And then you can do the bait and switch and say, let's thank God for all of our blessings. And, and can't none of them say, well, I don't know what to pray about. You just played a game about how thankful you are. So that's an idea. Um, another one is highs and lows, roses and thorns, mountains and valleys, however you want to do it. Um, that's helpful. That's fun. It's easy enough for kids who don't you know, know how to talk that much. I was not that good of a mom to little kids. So I don't have that many great things to advise you to do. It was just, I wasn't a bad mom, but they're not my jam, you know? And I wasn't their jam either, but we made it through. Okay, another thing you could do would be pray for the person on your left. And if they don't know what the person needs prayer for, then you can ask them. So it's a practice of like, you know, how, how can I pray for you? And that conversation can happen. Um, and then I brought what I have. This is called the Bowl of Rocks. I have a picture of it. Um, but it's just something I got at a conference years and years ago. And it's, uh, they're tiny little pieces of clay. And you can actually feel that they were, they fit in your hand. Like you can feel that they were made by hand. And then on it is, it's um, painted a little different thing. And so this one, um, it's the remembering one. It's the, um, like a candle. And one time my daughter, I've saved her life two times. So for, I think as your adoptive mom, you wonder like, will I have that mother instinct? I have never saved anybody else's life, but I have saved my daughter. I'm a nurse and I've never saved anybody's life. I have saved her life twice. But one of the times was she was drowning and I just knew I needed to go to her. And one time she was sleeping and she was choking and I was just, I was watching TV and I was like, go to her now. I just, God told me. And so I did. And, and she was non-responsive. So it was crazy. Anyway, so she brings that up on the remember one. She would talk about, remember that time you saved my life? Like for a year. And I'm like, I remember, you know, I'm, but it gives them a chance to talk about stuff, right? Um, and then there's like the crying one. My sweet, sensitive, precious son loves to talk about what's making him sad and it gives him a chance to do it. There's a, there's a, like a blank one that, you know, it's a wild card. You never know what's going to happen. But this is good even for um, turn-taking and for listening because they care about what they have to say. They don't care about what their sibling has to say. So you can go, oh, you know, let's, let's give them our attention. It's also good if they don't really talk. My son would, would say, get his and say, lawnmower. And we're like, way to go, man. That's a good, that's a three syllables. Yeah, it is. I just want to make sure I was right there. You know, and so that, they can contribute at any age, really, um, and, and, it's, and it's fun. So you can Google, oh my gosh, Camp Gladiator. Um, you can Google Milestone Blessing Bowl. I have no idea where, I mean, I don't know the website, I'm sorry, but I know they still sell them, probably because of me, because I talk about them all the time. And again, if you're, if you're a mealtime and you have little, little kids, you're teaching basic human manners. Please don't throw that on the floor. Go ahead and don't spit that out, if that's fine. Um, you can sing the prayers, right? Kids like singing. 
You can tell I'm not like a baby. I'm like, don't they like that? Okay, moving on. (laughs) Let's talk about drive time. This is kind of when you're a friend. So we all know that asking yes or no questions kind of shuts down the conversation. But asking questions that can end in good, I really try to avoid good questions. How was your day? Good. How was recess? Good. And so um, just asking questions that will pull them out. And this is, this sounds terrible, but just know my kids have never missed a snack. But I tell them, oh, did you want, do you want a granola bar after? Just talk. Tell me about your day. <laughs> you know, like I will trade you the snack for the words. And so they've never missed a snack and they always tell me the words. And so anyway, got to get creative. Hit them where it hurts in the granola bar department. Um, okay, I love this. Spot the lie with music, with signs. There's so many lies around us all the time. And so we can teach them how to think critically and how to not just absorb everything they see and hear as truth. Um, I will pause the music and ask them to spot the lie or, or even in television is good, but, and they don't like it, but I don't care. So tell me what's not true about here. What's the lie here? And if they can't tell me, a lot of times they can tell me, but they just don't feel like it. So I'm like, that's fine. I just want to talk about some of my feelings. (laughs) They're like, the lie is this and that. But it helps them critically think about lyrics, critically think about billboards. You know, like even recently, I went with my daughter to Starbucks and the spring thing they had on the, the window was good feels good. And so I said, what's, what's not true about this? Because a lot of times, a lot of things that are bad feel really good, right? And so you can't assume that good is, if it feels good, it is good. You can't connect. That's not an equal sign there all the time in between those two. So things like that is really good for building critical thinking in ourselves too, ladies. We, we fall prey to a whole lot of stuff. Um, so let's just teach our kids that. So it's a simple thing to do um, for drive time. Um, Fortunately, unfortunately, it's just a way to have stories that fortunately the elephant is in the zoo today. Unfortunately, he escaped. Fortunately, we rode him to school. Unfortunately, I mean, I don't know. Just, it's just fun and ridiculous. And we want to be their friends. And so many times we're all business, at least me. I'm like all business all the time. And so it takes a lot for me to become fun. I know. I seem fun, right? But like with my kids, I'm like, rah, 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 like a military sergeant or something. I don't even understand why I do that. So another thing would be, fourth, ask me anything and hold on to your hats, ladies. They will ask you anything. This is when the, uh, this is when the movie theater candy conversation came up. Mom, why don't you follow rules? Okay. That's enough. Quiet game. Quiet <laughs> Um, my daughter, you know, my kids, like, like I said, are adopted. My, my daughter will say like, well, which one of you is my real mom? Things like that. They want to know. And so, so creating a place for them to ask those questions is so good. You got to make sure that you can just take some deep breaths, you know, and, and just <coughs> ask God to help you with those answers because sometimes they're hard. Um, I've heard a girl that I interviewed on my podcast said that she created a space where every Friday night her teens were able to invite other teens over and they, if they wanted and just ask the parents anything. They have got questions and they need a place to ask them. And so if you decide you're that place and just another girl I interviewed, this podcast has been so good for me. Um, another mom I interviewed said, you just have to pl- practice the bland face in the mirror. So you just, 
<laughs> what you're saying is regular. <laughs> you know, it's just practice being safe, even if inside you're freaking out. Okay, so let's do the last one. Oh no, it's not the last one. Bedtime, that's when you're the counselor. Why do they wanna talk so much at night? This is definitely my weakest one. I just wanna send them off to their lovely little beds and peace out until the morning. But So one, one great thing to do is who had the best day? And they can complain all day long about what a giant disappointment you are to them. <laughs> but then if you have who, who had the best day and it's a competition, they cannot believe how great their lives are. Again, then you can pray and thank God for the, the things he provided all throughout the day because we know that all good gifts come from the Lord, James tells us. Um, you can read a book and discuss. That's something we can do with you know, all ages, just ask a couple questions. That's what me and my daughter do is Harry Potter. Sometimes it's only 10 minutes, but you can't believe the themes of light and dark and good and evil. There's so many spiritual things and I can't get her to engage on a spiritual level except if I've got stinking Draco Malfoy um, and Harry Potter, and, and she's so into them. And so she, of course, thinks Draco Malfoy is fantastic, which she is not. And so we have to talk through all these types of things, but we are like in it to win it at the end. We have some great spiritual conversations at the end of the day. Um, pray a blessing over them. This is especially, we, we make this harder than it needs to be, especially those of us who grew up in homes where there was not a lot a blessing prayed over us. Um, just say, you know, just acknowledge ways you see God working um, in their lives and ask God to do it more and ask God to um, grow their character as they grow. Ask them for wisdom. Ask God to give them wisdom that is beyond their years. I mean, it just can be a very simple thing, but you're speaking life to them, you're speaking life over them, and you're just letting them know, like, I believe these things for you, because this is who God made you to be. Um, and it could be two sentences. You could write it down. You could say the same one every blessed night. They love structure. They don't know. This is their first time on this planet. They don't know what's normal. So just make a new normal. Um, and then finally, you could do a quick debrief with them. Four questions. What did you learn today? Where did you win? What was hard? And where did you see God? You will be so encouraged by the places they see God. So number one, where did you learn? What did you win? Where did you win? What did you win? Five million dollars. What was hard? And where did you see God? And with little tiny kids who don't talk, sing a song. I don't know. <laughs> Hang on. What you're doing matters. You just won't be able to see it for a while. They're picking up what we do. And so modeling is so important, right? And so when, when they're this heavy on the physical labor with the little kids, just modeling things, they're, they're hearing your words and they're, you're setting the stage. It's really important for you to do. You can eat, so you can even do these things is what I'm saying. And it may not seem like it's doing anything, but it's sinking in. Just wait until they start talking and they say those things that you wish they wouldn't repeat. They're, they're, they're absorbing things. Okay, so let's talk about the morning time. That's when they're, you are the coach. So number one, you could share some of your quiet time takeaways if you were able to get up and spend some time with the Lord beforehand. 
if you were not. Set the tone with some worship music. It's more of a heart posture um, than, a, than a, I did this and so I can tell you these things. So that's, that's an option. They are not gonna care. So do not wait for them to say, mommy, <laughs> are your, do your kids have a British accent? Um, tell me what the Lord has taught you this morning. They're not gonna say that. And when you tell them, they're gonna be like, ah, oh, we just this morning, can I tell you, we are not having quiet time. No, no, excuse me. We're not having family movie night. Um, tonight, even though it's Friday, because they were so bad this morning during Devo's. I mean, it was like we were lighting them on fire. They were acting like it was a torture to listen to a proverb and talk about it. So we're having a redo, because that's such a good way to do parenting, is go, oh, you didn't get that right this time. (laughs) Victoria taught me that. But you know what? We can do a redo. And so instead of a movie tonight, we're going to do a redo on Devo's. Because my sweet kids had all kinds of reasons that they could do it better than us. And so guess who's doing devos tonight? Them. Because we are going to practice listening well and do, you know what I mean? And again, we want to make sure that we do not make time with the Lord and the Bible and all that kind of stuff a punishment. However, it is good to redo things. And so maybe a movie will happen after we listen and love, our, love one another well in a devotional setting. <laughs> this morning was rough. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so you can read the Devo with the family, which, again, is what went like a train wreck this morning. But um, some that we like are Sticky Situations. It's a kid who got themselves in a bind. There's one for every day of the year. And um, kid, my kids love other kids getting in trouble. They love it. And then there's A, B, C, or D, which things should you do? What things should they do? And then there's a Bible verse and there's some follow-up questions in the back. It takes like 10 minutes and I don't know, they love it. And then long story short, we're doing this one right now and it's going through the Old Testament. And again, my kids are six and 10 and they could definitely engage and you could, I mean, I, I would think it would, younger would work too. Um, Devos, great. Um, plan ahead who they can serve today. It could be their sibling, a classmate, whatever. Um, and you can, you can talk through, even if you have a little, little littles and you're about to go on play date and last time um, they bit somebody or, you know, we're going to Sprouts and sometimes, or last time, remember when we kind of were screaming because you didn't get candy? Like, what, what's the, what could we do? Like, what, what, what would be the right way to handle that? And just kind of coach them ahead of time, right? Because that's their biggest thing they've got going on is how do I go to the grocery store and not become an animal? And so that is a great way to meet them and coach them um, through those things. And so that's, that's a good way to do that. How, who can they serve today? How can you serve mommy today by not acting like an animal at Sprouts? Just kidding. Okay, um, and then... The good thing is to circle back to that at the end. Who did you serve? You know, my sibling. How did that go? Like, when did you do that? How did that make you feel when she got you some orange juice or whatever? Um, And then finally, create, you can create an acrostic of the values of your, like your last name and pick one and live it out that day. It's just an idea. Um, It took me a really long time. Do you have the slide of my family's acrostic? I don't know. Oh, so that's, that's the one I just made up. I've never quite actually used this, but it's such a great idea. 
But you could say, like, I want to be appreciative today. And then at dinner, you can say, how did that go? How, who were you appreciative to? Or, you know, who did you show appreciation to? Things like that. Okay. Well, that is everything I have for those. And um, Leslie's making me talk about how I have fun with my family. So I'm going to do that really fast, okay? Um, these are obviously just what works for us. And what I've loved about this process is that a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. And I didn't think that I, A, had the capacity and um, didn't even know if I was doing it right. So now I can tell you a year later, I am confident that God is pleased with what, it, what we've got going on in the Thomas house. And, and I wasn't, it didn't used to always be that way, so that's good. So we are, in our family, we are pretty active. And what I don't mean is sports. We do not do sports. We do not understand the sports, and it's fine. We're good about that. The funny thing is, my husband works on the sports stadiums all the time. He's always at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. He's always at the sports arenas. We don't do the sports. Um, we're active, but that does not mean camping. I did want a, t- a tent tattoo, but I don't like camping. I don't understand why, we, why would you do that to yourself? And my husband says, you love to look outdoorsy, but I, but I am incredibly and remarkably indoorsy. <laughs> I worked at REI. That's how much I want to look outdoorsy because I needed like a discount on the outdoorsy stuff so that I could wear indoors. And they, told, they set me in the camping, the backpack um, so I was like fitting people for backpacks. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. I stay inside. Why do I need a camping backpack that big? Well, one day they told me, okay, so we're setting up these tents in the middle. And so I need you to set up these tents. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I think it like goes without saying that you know how to set up a tent if you work at REI. But I didn't know. And I was in the middle of the store as an employee with a green vest going, so many poles. I don't know. So when I say we're active, I do not mean that we are campers. Um, what we do is we go on a lot of walks every night. We go on bike rides. We go swimming. My daughter does horseback riding. So that's something that, as a family, we love, being active. Um, I really love baking. My husband really loves cooking. He's way better cook than I am. It's so frustrating. That's fine. I mean, he eats my cooking. But, like, if he's like, hmm, I wonder what it'd be like to learn how to cook a steak, and he makes it amazing. I mean, the first time he does anything, it's spot on, which is great. So we do a lot of cooking, um, with a, as a family. And also, like, again, I said my kids love Harry Potter, so we have the Harry Potter cookbook, and so we cook things out of that. And so that's the way that we do that as a family. We have a lot of people over and cook with them. It's really good. Another thing that we do is we have, we're big on community and hospitality. So we've got fantastic um, community with our neighborhood. We host our community group a lot of times. And so we engage the kids in that. And they don't always love it, but they're learning that we have people in our home and we're learning how to host people, how to treat our guests, things like that. We put a, a turquoise table in the middle, in the front yard of our house. And so we, um, we have people over there and stuff like that. So those are kind of the things that we do as a family that get us really fired up. And um, so that's what I would say is my family culture, how we have fun. Yeah. Um, now what? Oh, in closing, don't leave and be overwhelmed. I don't even do half this stuff, and I made this up. I was just trying to be impressive, okay? So do not leave and think that this is too much for you to handle. It would be too much for you to handle. Do your best. Remember, God is pleased with you, okay? But just hold fast, be alert, have sober mind, and remember that we have an enemy, but even bigger We've got a great big God who is so pleased with you, okay? So the summer can be crazy-making.
but it can also be really, really good. So I just don't want you to be discouraged or overwhelmed. Okay. Okay. Um, if you guys want to come up and look at these things, you can. But we're going to talk about our discussion questions one more time, some the new ones. Okay. So what ideas would you add to any of those four sections? Because the people at your table would love to hear them. What part of creating your family culture makes you feel stuck? Where do you think, is it the values? Is it the rituals? Where, do you, where are you unsure about that? Number three, which scripture from today was the most helpful? And what's one thing that you want to make sure to remember? Don't remember 27 things. That doesn't make any sense. Just pick one, okay? Discuss.